Welcome to the Nola Podcast. I'm Rue. Jameer Alfred spent Christmas Day celebrating at the home of relatives in eastern New Orleans when he decided to take a ride up to Walgreens along with two cousins. That simple errand ended in tragedy as a gunman opened fire on the three young men and the 14-year-old Jameer was struck two times, fatally wounding him. Jameer's death has struck a nerve with the city of New Orleans, which has one of the highest crime rates in America. On this episode of the NOLA Podcast, we talk with John Alfred and Larisha Roussel, parents of Jameer. We discuss Jameer's life, senseless violence, and what John and Larisha plan to do about it. As always, Bugaj has the interview. My man, take it away. Again, let me let me let me just say that my condolences with you and the family. And I know so many people around the city have um, given their condolences as well. So I wanted to start at that point. So if you can, just take us back, if you will, to Christmas Day. And, uh, you know, actually, what was that day like? Before that happened, and subsequently, you know, after the tragic shooting of uh, Jameer happened, bring us back. Um, Christmas Day was was awesome. Very blessed. Jameer was blessed. He got everything that he wanted. Um, he was by family in New Orleans. He's something that um, we did every year by letting him go over there since he was a baby. First of all. Um, and his dad dropped him off Christmas Eve. He was there um, Christmas morning. He called his dad, me and him at FaceTime. He was in love and said he was blessed because he got everything that he wanted for Christmas. Um, his dad talked to him a couple of times that day as well as me. Um, I was out of town, got a phone call a little bit after 10 or whatever um, that night saying that there was an accident. And um, I thought it was a car accident at first. You know, I'm like, okay, teenagers, maybe they hit somebody or something like that. And then um, it just seemed like the night started uh, just falling down. Um, when I got the phone call, I sent Jameer's aunt to the Walgreens first because she lived around the corner from the Walgreens. And I called his dad and um, had him to go out there. And that's when we just found out that something happened, but we didn't know what happened at the time. They knew what they saw, but we didn't know. So his dad was told that he needed to go to UMC to the hospital. And when he got there, he found out that Jameer was shot. So when he called me back, we first was just thinking, you know, maybe it's something minor, maybe it's grazing, you know, shot in the leg, you know, just something minor is what we're telling ourselves in our mind. And then the night just started trickling down. Everything up until the phone call was great. This was day. Uh, he was happy, we were happy, daddy was happy, and everything was great. The, like the initial phone call, thinking it's something, you know, minor. Everything would be fine. We have to fix a couple of things and everything would be fine. Even when I got to the hospital, it was just like I said, maybe in the grade room, something happened, somebody shot in the air, shot randomly, and it was a grade room. And then when, like after talking to the doctors, and they told me how severe it was, that's when the you know, light changed for me. 
as a parent, you know, I, I just can't, I mean, your strength, I mean, to even talk about this this soon is um, something that is um, very admirable. Um, we've seen his pictures. We have learned uh, somewhat about your beautiful son, Jameer. Can you tell us about who was he? You know, talk about him and his life, the things he liked to do, what he wanted to do with his life, you know, when he wanted to, to grow up and be, you know, to talk about that. Jameer was a peacemaker. Jameer was the uh, inquisitive kid. Jameer was uh, the teacher when the teacher left outside the room. Jameer was the teacher when the teacher was inside the room. Uh, he had a, a a real desire for knowledge because he always had a question which always led to an answer and if he did, if he thought that your answer wasn't you know complete and all wrong he was trying to get on google and find out you know the real answer uh, he was a teammate he was a band member and he was loyal he was, he was a real loyal kid some the band you know, just love to just have fun with other kids and people. You know, just that bubbly little child. You know, kids. PlayStation Four, football, man. That was that was him. That was him. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was currently attending Morton Burnley as an eighth grader. Uh, yeah. He had a desire to go to St. Augustine, which was next step, and then. Step after St. Augustine, we still was debating because he wanted to go to Morehouse, and Morehouse didn't have a Division One football team. So we were trying to figure out how could we start a Division One football team at Morehouse. That was uh, debated at that time. And from there, he, he even though he was short, he was, uh, I kept putting in his mind that him being short didn't stop him from being in the NFL. So we had to use other qualities that we had to get to the NFL because I was ready to retire. And he said that he would make it to the NFL and he would retire he, he and his mother. That was Jamil. Because the community have shown, again, an outpouring of love and support and visuals and fundraising and whatnot. And uh, even the mayor has spoken about this and perhaps I guess spoken to you all as well. Talk about how do you guys feel about the outpouring of love and support from the community? And in addition, Mayor Cantrell, have you all spoken to her and what is it that, you know, she told you all about, you know, her feelings about what happened to your son, Jameer? The outpouring of support has been our helping hand. And seeing how people have come together and hearing the stories that people are starting to tell about how Jameer uh, affected their lives and help them in ways that we weren't even aware of. Right. Uh, parents. Yes. Uh, that has been, like I said, a real, like, heartfelt and embracing feeling. Um, and talking to Matthew Trail, at first he was very, very apologetic because uh, initially he said that uh, it was a male man, a man that had got uh, killed, uh, shot in, at Walgreens. And yet, it was a fourteen-year-old kid, and she addressed that. And she addressed that. And um, from there, she assured us and reassured us, reassured us that she wouldn't let this one fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. And from there, we assured her that we wouldn't allow it to fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. So that's where you know we're pulling our strength from the fact that we have the community, the community support, we have family support and we want justice for Jimmy. Man, it's interesting you mentioned that because I was 
was wondering like because you're, you're, stri- you're stripping your resiliency just this building process is amazing and I was thinking how do or you are going to get through this and I think that you did mention that you know is there anything else besides what you just mentioned that will help you all get through this tragedy well I'll say first and foremost right yes um the prayers uh we the people that we surround ourselves with are faith these people so they won't allow us to uh stop praying their claims and when you have a situation that you are faced with adversity the first thing you do is you, you, you look at it as a huge problem then secondly you, you, you see like you know, okay try to see how you qualify to even face this challenge as parents we didn't, didn't get the chance to see were we qualified to face this challenge this challenge told us that we, had, we was going to have to face it we had to face it so we had that like we look each other in our and say, hey, what do we want? We ask the question, what do we want? Would it be the best way to make sure that Ms. Legacy is to carry on? Right. And you, you just start feeling, you start feeling strength and you, you talk about it and you, you know, find ways to um, get the word out there that it won't stop or fall by the wayside like other senseless murders that happened in the world has been done. And keep pushing. Find those that you can connect with that can help you get that message out. We, we, we try to find those that are connected. We, we, we call in the detectives daily. You know, is there an update? Uh, we continue praying. And, and now we get to this the best way we can. And for us, it, 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 it's, it's the foundation of it is being faith-based. Our interview with John and Larisha will continue after these brief messages. This week's episode was brought to you in part by Mr. Chell's First Class Cuts, located at 2734 South Carrollton Avenue, is the premier barbershop in the city of New Orleans. Founded by the iconic Wilbert Mr. Chell Wilson, it continues to be the place where one can receive first class service. So today call 504-861-7530 to make an appointment. Mr. Chell's First Class Cuts, continuing the tradition of excellence, service, and giving back to the community. Now back to our interview with the parents of Jameer Alford. Because I think that oftentimes people don't really think about those who are impacted by the senseless crime, the senseless crime and violence that is such a big part of uh, life in work. And, um, and I, I think that you all putting a face on it is something that I think is very powerful and important to our community to see. So you can talk more generally, I guess, about how you how you guys feel about the problems of crime and violence in the city. And now that it's right at your doorstep, you know, just talk a little bit about that real impact. So we didn't have the opportunity to uh, turn this particular challenge down. We came to our front door and saw a child. Right. So in that, generally speaking, we hurt. Um, generally speaking, it's a process that I wouldn't put on my worst enemy. Neither one of us has faced uh, the uh, challenge of losing a loved one this close. And a loved one due to violence. Yes. 
we we having. So this is this this is a hard. I I, I really don't even have a word to give. You. So that's why I told Johnny to talk to you about that. Because I'm really to get it's widespread, right? And, and it, it, at this point, it uh it has no reason. It has no no. It, it's touching everybody. Yeah, and, and all walks of life. So. When you see it on TV, you know, it's different. Yeah, you have to check the answer card, but it's not you. Yeah. So when it hits your front door. Right. It, and when you talk about when it hits your front door, that the child was just gone with family to a store. And was murdered. And was murdered. That's, that's the thing. He keeps saying justice for you there. And, you know, uh, it's just crime in New Orleans. Uh, it, it, I feel so weird that you get it gets wrong that you're talking about a 14 year old boy that was murdered. He's talking about a 14 year old baby. He looks like a baby. He doesn't look like a man. Me personally, and uh, along with his mother, we, we, we understand the impact of crime in the But now we feel like we've been given the uh, challenge or opportunity to do what we can. To stop it. My overall goal, my, my, my end goal, if I had an end goal in this, it would be that this act of Jamea, Jamea being murdered, would be the pivotal moment where the city of New Orleans changes. Mm-hmm. Parents, aunts, uncles, families get together, stand up against the crime. It, it, it's just too widespread. It's, uh, it's senseless. Uh, and I want everybody to come together that any parent dad has lost a kid. Right. That is just you know that it's just not a you no know, it's just not a case. It's just not a, a your kid is not a number. Number. Yeah, that's that's kinda where they all is. Um I I feel the same way. I feel that, you know, like a lot of parents that probably have lost their kids, you know, didn't really get the answers that they were looking for from the police. You know, some of them probably got scared and didn't want to go that extra mile, didn't know how to go the extra mile. I think that um, with John and I and the foundation of Janelle, that we would be a huge impact for that because this has to stop. It makes no sense. And it's hard. It's different, you know, when you lose a mother or a father. You know, but it's when you lose a child, that's something different. You know, for me, Janelle is my only child. So at night I'm sleeping with his pillows, you know, his jerseys and stuff like that. It's you know, it's it's, it's pain like no other. It just really seems like something has been totally ripped out of me. I still have to stand strong. I still have to pray for these people. I still have to pray for people that that I'm connected to. And it's hard. It really is. Earlier you talked about life and what it meant. What is it that you like to tell people about? What Jameer's life actually symbolized? Jameer's life symbolized peace. If I had to choose one word, it would be peace because that's the kind of child he was. He wanted, like, he literally wanted real peace. Like, we would ask questions like, you know, why does God, why does this have to happen in the world? And, you know, who, who made this decision? Because this decision affects, like, this particular group of people. And, you know, why is there poverty? And, well, you know, it would be peace. And the, the, the overall message that I would want, that I would want out of this is that we don't have to live in a in a world of violence. We uh, don't have to accept the fact that killings are happening around the city of New Orleans, and it seems like they're being unsolved. Or it's so rampant that 
You can't go for the NOPE. It's so big that they can't even get to the last one because you have three more happening, you know, within the next day. I would want this situation with Jamil to bring peace to the city of New Orleans. I feel the same way. Because I know we covered a lot of ground. Is there anything else that you all would like to just say to the people of New Orleans and in the world, really? Because this story has become you know, in many ways, a, a national and story given how it's spread on social media as well. And your pleas for peace and stopping the violence. Uh, just kind of any final words. My final words would be, first of all, we want justice for Jamea. Yeah. We want uh, shooters to come forward and allow the justice system to do what it's set up to do. After that, it would be uh, trying to find ways to give outlets to kids that are broken. That are, yeah, that are broken. Um, we're currently in the, in, the, in the very, very early stages of uh, starting a foundation uh, in Jamea's honor. In that, we asked each other, okay, what will be the, the purpose of, uh, of the foundation? And immediately, the first thing was to help kids in the industry and, I mean, parents in the city because, like, time has no range. Get them to understand that maybe the way that, the way that they're living, you don't have to. Right. There, there are other means and ways of living, and that life is beautiful. Yeah, for people like the Jason, but even in that, two lives were saved because Jamil uh, was a donor and his kidney and liver was an immediate match to two other kidneys. So immediately his legacy is almost set. Yeah, we were going to do the foundation, but we want to get the message, excuse me, get the message out that, you know, you don't have to live like that. Non-violence, it's just something that has to stop. What more has to happen? That's it. Thank you for your time and uh, God bless you, John and Larissa. Thanks for listening. Our condolences call to John, Larisha, and the entire family of Jameer. Please subscribe to get the next episode of the NOLA podcast. Pubugash Amru. Peace.